I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Euro Trip. Hello everybody and welcome to the Eurotrip. We are almost live from Paris. This is our mini-series that has been guiding you through all of this weekend's action for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2021. And it is Monday, that does mean the show is all over, but it doesn't mean we're going anywhere because we are here again with you to react to everything that happened at yesterday's show, including Armenia's victory. We certainly are. That was James. I'm Rob. It is great to be with you. And as James mentioned there, we are, of course, marking Armenia's second ever victory at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Milena winning the contest for Armenia. And it was close, wasn't it, James? I don't know about you, but I was getting pretty nervous. And I am neither Armenian or Polish or French or from Azerbaijan or any of the countries that were involved in that nail-biting finish. (laughs) Honestly, it was so dramatic. I'm just looking at the results here that we were halfway through and there was only four points separating first and second place, France and Poland, at the time after the Jewry result. It was so, so nail-biting. But as we say, we are back with you today to react to everything that happened. We're going to be joined by a whole host of guests who were in France who have been experiencing the whole journey with us. We'll be chatting to Sebastian Barker. He was the press conference host at La Seine Musicale. I'll also be chatting to the guys from OGAE Poland as well, of course. Poland, the runners-up at this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. If they'd won, that would have been three wins in four years, which is a little bit greedy if you ask me. We'll also be hearing from Milena as well after she took the victory and I'll be chatting to Connor Devlin, Irish junior Eurovision fan, Irish Eurovision fan, who made the trip over to La Seine Musicale yesterday. And as you will hear in our interview, he was a little bit tired by the time we spoke. But it was great to chat to him as well. So we've got reaction from here, there and everywhere. So we'd better get on with things. This is the Eurotrip, almost live from Paris. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. 
indeed almost live from Paris one final time here this week and I suppose this year. It's our final show looking at Junior Eurovision 2021 and as we've already mentioned loads of guests to come between now and the end of today's episode. But I certainly very much enjoyed my Sunday afternoon sitting down with a cup of tea, actually, watching the events as they unfolded in Paris. A fantastic show, 19 brilliant songs, a lovely interval. James, you must have loved the interval more than pretty much anybody else. Oh, honestly, French music aplenty, wasn't it? We saw some fantastic French performers. Valentina, uh, last year's winner, was an interval. Barbara Pravi, uh, who represented France at Eurovision in Rotterdam, was there. But let's not forget those incredible 19 performers who flew in from across Europe to perform for us all uh, during yesterday's show. Honestly, a real great mix of music in there and a fantastic talent pool to choose from. What was one of your standout moments from the show, Rob? Well, it was brilliant to see so many countries, of course, singing in their own native languages, which is so great. As, you know, James, you touched on when you spoke to Neve and Louise from the Irish broadcaster the other day on the podcast. My favourite bit, I'm a sucker for a flag parade. I always will be. I always will be. So that was lovely to see. And it was just so exciting. And you could tell that the kids were really, like, lapping up the atmosphere because that was the first time that they had performed in front of an audience because, of course, there was due to be an audience for the jury show on the Saturday evening, but that was scrapped because of of COVID protocol. So the very first time they performed in a full La Seine musicale was on Sunday. And you could tell, and that really elevated all of them. Yeah, it really did, didn't it? There was so much energy from pretty much all of the participants yesterday, wasn't there? And I think one of my standout moments, it wasn't one of the uh, performances itself, but it was when uh, whenever the hosts were talking from the green room, you know, when they were up on that beautifully designed bridge set they were on. And uh, you remember Ike from Malta, one half of Ike and Kaya? He seemed to always be in the background of a shot, just jumping up and down in the background, clearly, clearly having so much fun there. Let's be honest. Let's uh, let's tell everybody who we voted for, I think, because we've managed to get to this stage without sharing with the audience where our votes went. I had my three votes, as everybody did, of course, and mine went to the eventual winner, Armenia. I sent a vote the way of Elisabetta from Italy and I think Enzo from France he got my uh, he got my third vote. So very pleased with uh, with how my top 3 did anyway. So you should be, yeah. I think I had two of the same. I voted for Italy and France as well. And I think my third vote went to uh, Levi from Spain, but I voted before the show itself. If I decided to vote again during the show, after seeing the performances, uh, young Nico from Georgia would have certainly got some of my votes because he was a fantastic little performer up there. I loved him. He had just the right amount of energy, great amount of talent. Oh, I think he's a shining star for the future. It just shows, doesn't it, how competitive the show was in La Seine Musicale, one of the most competitive junior Eurovision Song Contests we have ever seen. And that was shown by the scoreboard. Now, let's remind ourselves just how tense things got in the final few minutes of the voting. Armenia, you received from the online voting A hundred and nine points! Poland, our viewers give you 
102 points. Let's say that France needs 105 points pour gagner la to France reach a... the lead position, pour to win la the contest. A besoin de 105 points. France, you received 67 additional points from the viewers and the winner of the 2021 Junior Eurovision Song Contest is then Armenia. Bravo. Congratulations. Bravo, So that was the moment yesterday when Milena found out that she'd won the 2021 edition of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. And boy, was it tense. And gosh, it was tight as well at the end. She only got the victory by just six points in the end, uh, with Sarah James finishing in second place for Poland. And you could see just how emotional uh, Milena was when she'd found out she'd won, when she had to go and do the reprise on stage, she performed again after winning. And here she is after the show, chatting to French host Olivier about what it meant to win the contest. We're with Milena, the winner, our winner of the Junior Eurosong Contest 2021. What does winning this contest mean to you? Tell me. Very I'm emotional. so thankful to everyone who voted for me. Yeah, you can, you can, of course you can thank them. I want to thank my team, my delegation for working so hard for me. How do you think you will celebrate this when you come back home? How do you think you're going to celebrate this? victory when you'll come back home. It's my producer's birthday. Happy birthday! This is your present. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a terrific birthday, actually. Um, what would you like to say to everyone who voted for you? You said thank you, but do you have another thing to say? A message or something? Without you, I would be nothing. <laughs> I'm so thankful! I can tell you that, of course, she is very, very emotional. What it was like performing on this huge stage in front of millions of viewers today? It was first time for me. I was at first so confused, yeah. but yeah, but today I was just chilling. I was just having fun. And the energy that the audience gave to me is insane. <laughs> it didn't look as a first time. You were so relaxed on stage. Yeah. You're very <laughs> Thank incredible. You. Thank you. And my last question, and after that I release you. Where will you put the trophy when you'll get back home? In my room. <laughs> In my room. But on your nice stand? Of course. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I know you can feel it. The wind inside. The same thing in my heart that makes me feel alive. Whenever you feel it. Don't you think I'm falling down
is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is the Eurotrip, almost live from Paris for one final time, but not for the final time this week. More to come on our festive episodes, which kick off this Wednesday. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch, we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And let us know if you've enjoyed Almost Live from Paris, because James, we've certainly enjoyed putting these shows together for everybody. We've certainly enjoyed chatting to the contestants and those involved with this year show and I'll be sad when we say goodbye finally to Junior Eurovision 2021 at the end of today. Yeah me too it's been really good fun hasn't it as um, as you may well know we had planned to go to Paris ourselves but uh, you can turn on the news you can see why that wasn't possible but we decided we wanted to still put these episodes together and we hope we've done a good enough job for you to try and get you uh, in the know as best we can about Junior Eurovision this year, speaking to the artists, speaking to some of the people on the ground, including some French journalists. Now, uh, you'll know if you've been listening all weekend, we've been chatting to Fabien Randan, a wonderful French journalist who's been based at La Seine Musicale uh, all this week. But today, I'm afraid we're not going to be joined by him. Uh, like a good old episode of Doctor Who, he is regenerated into a different French journalist by the name of Sebastian Barker. Uh, we've chatted to him before on the podcast uh, way back in January or February, I think it was. Uh, and at the contest, at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in Paris at the weekend, he was the host of the press conferences. So he's been speaking to all the artists. He's been speaking to Martin Osterdahl, the exec supervisor of the contest. So he has been one of the most in-the-know people you could ever want to chat to. So I thought, well, let's bring him on the podcast to review this weekend's contest. So I began by asking him how he reflects on the contest that took place yesterday afternoon. Oh my God, I had so much goosebumps. Um, You know, I'm 44 and uh, last time we won Eurovision, it was in 1977. I was just born. It's the first time I lived a Eurovision show at home, even if, if, if it was the junior version. Wow, to, to be able to see that from Paris, I never thought I would leave it one day. And I thought France Television did a really good job. Have you seen the, the footage, the, the, all the show? It was, it was amazing. I think that they did the show like if it was a, a classic Eurovision Song Contest. We were speaking to Fabian Randan over the weekend on the podcast, a man you know very well, I'm sure. And he was saying he was getting very emotional watching a Eurovision Song Contest in France. What was it like for you? Presumably, this was like no other contest you've ever seen or been to. Yeah, it was so different. I I saw the first uh, repetition and when we heard the Eurovision anthem at the beginning, see the lights go down, the show starts, I, I cried. I cried because it was so uh, unrealistic for, for me. And I felt the same emotion that I, I felt during other Eurovision Song Contest. It felt like a, a senior Eurovision for me. And to leave it from home, it's um, hard to describe it. How about some of the performers? Shall we talk about Armenia? Of course, they won the contest on Sunday afternoon. A very deserving winner, wasn't she? 
Yes, um, honestly, it was one of my favorite this year. Uh, when I listened for the first time, I had the winner vibes. Um, I thought uh, Poland would do very well. Uh, France too. Uh, I, I was pretty surprised that um, France Television proposed a, a song so catchy. Uh, I thought that they wanted to to win it uh, <laughs> for a second time. Saying, wow. How mad are they? But yeah, Armenia really deserved uh, a victory. And she was a very professional performer, wasn't she? Because we know when we watch the the adult contest and everything is so professional and, you know, people are putting so much hard work. And then sometimes when we watch junior Eurovision, you know, sometimes we forget that children, of course, they might not be as, uh, as with high standards and might make some mistakes. But for Milena, she was almost perfect, wasn't she? She she was, and I think that she could have performed in the the senior Eurovision with his performance. For for me, it was a kind of a, an adult uh, performance. You mentioned Enzo as well, and yeah, France again sent a very catchy song and a very popular song because we saw how many points. First of all, Enzo managed to get in the jury result, and we saw how tight it was at the top. There was only a few points in it between the top three countries. There, he did a very, very good and professional performance as well. It was a very catchy song. Yeah, it was a very catchy song, and uh, he's a talented boy. He really wanted to do this this contest. You you. You, you, you can saw it on, on the screen and he, he wanted to, to, to win the competition. Maybe he was kind of disappointed uh, last night, but he, he can be so proud uh, about his performance. To be third in a junior Eurovision, uh, many countries would like to be third. So we are very proud of what he did. Uh, Poland, again, they seem to do this every year at Junior Eurovision, don't they? They always send really good quality, high quality songs. And yet again, another second place finish. They were also close to taking another victory. Sarah James was very good. Her song was very catchy too. A very good performance. Um, I was thinking about the running order, if there was an influence uh, for the Junior Eurovision. Maybe if she has been a little bit later in the show, she would have done a better results, but I don't know, I don't have any answer about that because maybe uh, the running order doesn't have the same uh, influence uh, because you can vote uh, 48 hours uh, sooner. So very, very good, good job. Poland is taking junior Eurovision very seriously, yes. There was no surprise in their results. One surprise, uh, for me at least, was Portugal, because we saw uh, Simao perform last. He closed the show on Sunday afternoon. He didn't do so well with the jury, but uh, a very remarkable third place with the public. Simao was very touching. Uh, I had such good vibes when uh, I interviewed him during the press conference. There is something very... Catchy with his young boys. I'm not surprised at all that he did a good job with the, the public uh, votes. What else do you take away from the show on Sunday? Is there any other standout moments that will live with you for a very long time to come? It was uh, very important for me to see Valentina on stage uh, with her winning song because she didn't have any audience last year and performing, j'imagine, in front of a French audience, uh, an international audience. For me, it was very important for her to, to have this experience. I will also, also um, remember Barbara Pravi's uh, performance. 
I felt the same thing as in Rotterdam. It was like I discovered the, her prestation on Voila for the first time. I had goosebumps, tears again. I'm so proud that France did such a good job. Yeah, I totally agree. It was just great to see so many talented French artists. You know, we had Enzo competing, of course, Valentina, you mentioned from last year, last year's winner, and Barbara almost winning Eurovision this year. France is in a very good place when it comes to music and the Eurovision Song Contest, isn't it? And that's probably where we're going next, because presumably one of the next things for you to focus on is the French selection show for Turin 2022. Oh my God, don't talk about it. I don't <laughs> know how how we will do better than Barbara Pravi. I don't know the the stakes. I guess it's the right word is are very higher after Barbara. I'm curious to discover all the artists that will compete this year. I can wait, but I'm afraid too. Barbara did a such such a good job. I, I really thought she, she could win last year, honestly. Are you going to be able to have a break now? Because you've had a very busy seven days or so. You've been hosting the press conferences for all the artists and the delegations. Have you got a break coming up? No break for me because I'm a journalist and I'm working on other uh, entertainment show uh, aside uh, Eurovision. I will take a break just after Christmas and, uh, well, Maybe I'm kind of exhausted, but I'm so happy, so grateful to to have lived this experience uh, moderating the the press conference. And uh, thanks again, France Television, for for, the, for for trusting in me. It's amazing. Absolutely, thoroughly well deserved. And despite how tired you are, uh, a big thanks <laughs> for stopping by today and uh, having a chat with us here on the Euro trip. Thank you so much, Sebastian. It's always a pleasure. More than welcome. This is the Eurotrip. I think all of the people involved in this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest probably in need of a well-earned Christmas break, and Sebastian Barclay there, definitely one of those. Thank you to him for all of his hard work. Not easy, is it, James, hosting all of those press conferences, trying to, you know, corral journalists like me and you into not doing things they're not supposed to do and making sure they behave themselves in a press centre. Oh, honestly, you remember back to Rotterdam, there was four press conference hosts, wasn't there? We chatted to one of them on the podcast back in May, but he had the job of four people uh, this week. He did it all himself, so uh, credit to him uh, in a language that's not his first one. I certainly couldn't do it in French if I was asked to. No, congratulations then to Armenia. Well done to Milena, and we look ahead to Junior Eurovision 2022. Whether or not it will be organised in Yerevan, the capital of Armenia, we wait to find out, of course, but we'll have all the very latest Junior Eurovision news when it comes to 2022 on the Eurotrip in the forthcoming months, I'm sure. But let's keep reflecting on what we saw yesterday because we've already mentioned how close the show was. And Poland finishing just six points behind in second place. And that would have been, I've already mentioned it, their third win in four years. An incredible junior Eurovision record they have, of course. Well, I thought let's have a bit of a chat with the Polish fans, find out how they feel about everything that happened in the contest, especially given they came so close. So here's Majeszko Czerniowski. He's the president, editor-in-chief of the Polish Eurovision fan club, OGAE Poland. And here's how he reflects on the result. 
You know, I'm so excited because Sarah done a really great job. Not, not only Sarah, just whole Polish team, Polish delegation. To be honest, I'm not objective because I'm Polish. My country took second place, just a couple of points behind the winning performance, as you said. You know, for me, Polish entry was realized on the high level. Uh, it stood out around all participating countries and Sarah has an incredible voice, great vocal technique. But Malena also was good, also was good. I'm really happy also for, for the winning Armenia. And you managed to talk to, to Sarah after the final. How did she feel? Um, yes, uh, we have an occasion to 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 meet Sarah. Sarah, um, Sarah is really proud of herself. I have to say because, okay, it's a second place. She didn't win, but you know, to be honest, if if I if I'm thinking about uh, the junior revision, every artist, every youth artist from the contest. Uh, are really good. Everyone should be appreciated. So uh, if, for, for example, Sarah, um, uh, Sarah was second, uh, for me, she's not a loser. She's really good. She's really good. It's a really good result. Um, and if you if you if you ask me about about her, um, she was really happy, but also she's uh, she was exhausted of this whole week. It it was really struggle time because you know uh, due to the COVID pandemic, uh, the, there were a lot of restrictions, COVID regulations uh, in the arena and also for delegations. So today. Sarah has an first time has an, an opportunity to visit Paris uh, to to go around, walk around the city, to buy some souvenirs, uh, because you know this whole week was like you know was like three only between the arena and the hotels. She's also open-minded for this whole production world and the the, the, the production of the contest like like this. If if you had won yesterday, it would have been three wins in four years for Poland at Junior Eurovision. What is the secret to Poland's success at Junior Eurovision? Oh, uh, it's a really difficult question because, as you know, uh, Poland has <laughs> Poland is not so much successful in the adult one contest. So it's really uh, it's really strange because, as you said, we have a lot of a lot of great results at the Junior Revision Song Contest. Uh, I think you know. I think I think the best the best thing is the song. I think the song, which is you know, which is really similar to to trendy songs, catchy songs, pop songs like all like uh, like pop songs for 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 children or for teenagers. So I think it's the key. I think it's the key to record song, uh, which will be um, uh, really catchy for young people and which also uh, be um, really trendy song. Mieszko, I know you've got to, to go back to the airport now. You've got to go back to Poland. You've got a busy day ahead of you. So thank you for finding time to talk to us just after breakfast this morning. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> we'll, hopefully we'll speak to you again. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for um, the invitation to your Eurotrip podcast series. It's a, it was a great opportunity and so much fun to be with you today. Hold up. 
This is the Euro Trip. Lovely to chat to Majeszko from OGAE Poland there. Rob was chatting to him earlier on this morning. So, God, it couldn't have been that long after the contest. I'm surprised it all settled in for him. It was a very early morning chat between me and Mieszko, And that meant that I did the interview in my pyjamas. No, you didn't. I had every intention of getting <laughs> dressed properly before speaking to him. But I woke up and I was still a little bit sleepy and quite frankly by the time I'd made myself a cup of tea I didn't have time so I I did the interview in my pyjamas which is a Euro trip first and while I don't intend to repeat it must be said yeah can you try and paint us a picture what uh, what were the pyjamas looking like it's uh, it's Christmas time we're with the festive special pair of pyjamas unfortunately not a festive set uh, they were, they were a, a Czech trouser as is so often the case when it comes to pyjama bottoms. Yeah, I think we all wear uh, pyjama bottoms from the Czech Republic. Yeah, it's uh, just got Miklaf Joseph's face on. Now, <laughs> they were a, a blue and yellow Czech, uh, and then uh, it was a, a long-sleeved, um, light uh, light blue, sky blue number. Wow, what a lovely little ensemble, and thanks for painting that picture. Yeah, don't do that again, especially if you're speaking to anybody more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we get the exec producer of Eurovision 2022 on the podcast sometime soon, <laughs> or, or the mayor of Turin, as we've been teasing for what feels like months now and haven't been able to pull <laughs> off quite yet, um, I promise I'll get dressed. Now, as we've said, we were not in Paris at the weekend, but we've been doing the best job we can to bring you the best coverage for our homes back here in the UK. Uh, We've been chatting to some people who were in Paris, though. But now, shall we chat to somebody who was in the audience, who was one of those lucky people who paid the price for a ticket to see the live show yesterday afternoon? Absolutely, let's do it. We have been speaking to Irish Eurovision fan Connor Devlin. You will know him from social media as ESE Connor. Does his own radio show every week, all about the Eurovision Song Contest as well. And he's a friend of the podcast. You might remember we got him on before the contest in Rotterdam because he did the artwork for Leslie Roy's lyric video, which was very, very exciting when she released Maps earlier on in the year. Well, I spoke to Connor from his hotel room in Paris. This is last night I spoke to him. He sounds incredibly tired. You'll find out why during the interview, because he will tell you what ridiculous hour he got up to fly to Paris to watch the show yesterday. But I started by asking him what he made of the venue once he stepped inside. The whole scale of it was just fantastic. You know, I remember watching clips of it before and being a bit worried that it might be a tad bit small, you know, for kind of a French standard. You know, you think they'd want to go big and bold. But when you were in the venue, it was big and bold. And um, it was a bit awkward, though, in the audience. You know, they had the green room kind of split on two sides, you know, the the kind of artists. So it was kind of awkward to see where's Carla now or where the host now. And so it was a bit awkward for that. But you know, the scale of it was just fantastic. And even the detail as well, you know, small things like that, the the lighting and the kind of um, cracks within the walls and stuff, small little things like that was really, really impressive. Um, and the kind of arch of the LED lights above the stage as well, that was really impressive. And just the whole the whole thing was was off the scale. <laughs> I'll um, I'll forgive you because uh, you are quite tired talking to me now because I am I am you got up at what time to get to Paris from Ireland uh I woke up at three having gone to bed at around quarter past two <laughs> and you haven't so slept about, yet no so about a 45 minute sleep or 
maybe 20 minutes on the plane as well, but still nothing, nothing as near as they should be. Should the be things getting. we do for Eurovision, honestly. Exactly, exactly. But the one thing that thankfully kept you awake was you alluded to it before, the quality of the songs. You got to see the performances live. How was that? Were there any real standouts? Of course, watching on the TV, we had all of the, the camera angles and probably a different experience, but... We saw, obviously, the songs that were very popular, it seemed, in the venue were, you know, France, of course, the host nation, mm, and the definitely. ones that did well from Armenia and Poland as well. Yeah, definitely. I think France, like you alluded to there, a huge hit, huge hit. And I think even if it wasn't in France, you know, I think this if this was sent any other year that France wasn't hosting, I think it still would have gone down well. It was staged brilliantly. It was a catchy song. I've been singing it in my head every single day in the build-up to the contest. It just It's an earworm. Um other songs, you know, I think Ukraine was a really big standout for me. Um, that really went down well. That was staged brilliantly. And just where I was sitting, you could see the monitors, what was being, you know, broadcast around Europe. And, you know, it it didn't really come across as well on TV as it did in the, in you know, in the, in the stud um, or just the CN musical or whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, it, it, it it was brilliant it was really really good and she had the audience and the kind of hand, palm of her hand and um another one that really really went down with me that i didn't expect to was georgia really really big grower um he 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 works that stage brilliantly and his little quirky little dance moves from side to side and yeah it was brilliant really really good and but like like you said all the songs they all had different kind of particular points of them that were different or unique to themselves so i think any every song you could pick out something that you know had had the audience up on their feet what was the emotion like in the in the venue when it came to the climax of the voting sequence because the voting was very nerve-wracking you know i messaged james when we were when we were both watching it separately and i said why am i nervous like, i was just so <laughs> on edge to see who was going to win because it was so close between so many countries how do you think I felt saying amongst like French Eurovision? <laughs> it was very tense. Um, yeah, no, because uh, particularly as well with the way it went, you know, France would win, be winning by four points and Armenia would pick it back and then Poland would come out of nowhere and inch it back. So um, sitting in, in the audience was was quite something. And, you know, um, I think a lot of people from, I know myself, I thought France had won it at the end. You know, I thought 105 or 104 points, whatever it was, that's easily, that's easily achievable. And then, you know, 68 points, that was it. <laughs> and it was over. And I think, you know, I didn't, you know, obviously the audience was disappointed because they hadn't won, but I think a lot of people still had supported Armenia. There was a huge reaction for her. Um, and, you know, she was the favourite going into the contest. So I think a lot of people had expected something like that, you know, France would have been lovely to win, but Armenia was the favourite. But um, it was tense. It was really, really tense. I was kind of giving up on the voting once Ireland was done and dusted. Um, my patriotic self, I had to had to be the one in the audience with the Irish flag. But um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty intense. You know, at the at the end when France hadn't won, and um, it was it was like someone had sucked the life out of the out of the 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 audience in a way but then it was quickly rejuvenated once they realized who would actually won but you know you're going to get that with the home audience when you're about to you know do back to back wins you you mentioned 
Ireland, of course, and I can't not talk to you about Ireland. You've had Mayu Levi-Lawla on your radio show as well, of course. Yes. You've you've spoken to him. How do you feel looking back on this contest? Because I think he definitely did himself proud. It was a fantastic performance and and another brilliant showcase of the Irish language as well on the international stage. 100%. And I think a lot of people would agree that, you know, RTE, take a look. Look what you can do, you know with probably a minute budget, like, or TD Car would have nothing compared to RT. Um, so, look, I think Mayu is going to go loads of places. You know, he's, he's a talented young man. He has done the country proud. You know, the song is really, really catchy. Um, I, I, for me personally, I think the staging could have, you know, I think a band with him or something like that. And, you know, more kind of creative led backgrounds and stuff something could have just given it that, that extra little spark on top of his you know his attitude and his his kind of stage presence which was you know magnificent and you know he was dancing around the stage and he was getting the audience involved and you know in a such a strong year that will only get you so far but like i said he can go home proud that he's represented his country really really strongly and you know i hope tg Cahar doesn't get kind of have a sour taste in their mouth you know after this kind of result because this is the first year that they've shown the contest live which has obviously helped you know with online voting that you could vote for your own country but i hope this doesn't you know turn them off showing it live and sending you know they sent the two presenters from the national final i know you had them on your show um this week so sending them both and you know doing the daily vlogs that gets people that gets interactions going on online so um I think the main thing I would take from or teach carriage to take from this year is don't be put off by results. Keep going and eventually it will click. But Mayu, it's himself. He's, he's going places 100%. Connor Devlin there. He was one of the lucky fans, one of the lucky few fans who was inside La Seine Musical yesterday for the final of Junior Eurovision 2021. Of course, it was in a much smaller venue than we are used to. Uh, Junior Eurovision often goes to big arenas and stadiums like the Eurovision Song Contest does, but France opting for a smaller venue there. And I was just looking at uh, Connor's Twitter account uh, just a moment ago, and it looks like he was on his flight home earlier on today, and he was sat next to none other than Mayu Levi Lawler, the Irish representative this year. What's funny about that is I know that Connor was desperate to get some sleep on the flight on the way back today. <laughs> and I can guarantee he won't have wanted to sleep if he found out that Mayu was on there. And it appears that they managed to have a bit of a chat, which is very, very nice. And hopefully Mayu uh, gets back to Ireland and has a very lovely Christmas because he, uh, he did himself proud with his performance on the stage at Le Seine Musicale yesterday. But this is it. I'm getting slightly emotional just thinking about it. It is the end of Almost Live from Paris. Our special look ahead and now look back at this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, it's been quite a ride, hasn't it, over the last four days or so. And I can see Rob smirking at me on the screen because I said ride and naturally that's a reference to Rafael. I'm going to try and get through it without him piping up. But it has. It's been a great few days. Oh, he's trying to say something desperately about Rafael. Come on, just say something. You know what I'm going to say. I want you to tell the listeners about your Christmas card. Oh, yeah, very quickly. I opened my Christmas card from Rob this morning. It came in the post. And who was on the very front page? Front page? It wasn't a very long Christmas card. Who was on the front cover of my Christmas card? None other than Rafael. (laughs) Wonderful Christmas card. Thanks, Rob. I couldn't think of anything better. There is nothing more festive than a festive Rafael. (laughs) 
Yeah, very good. Thanks for that. Anyway, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, what a what a great few days this has been. We joined you first of all on Friday. We brought you three episodes previewing everything of Junior Eurovision 2021, and then today, looking back at the contest, it's been a great few days. Thanks for tuning in, uh, and welcome if you've been a brand new listener. And hopefully, we can keep you well into Christmas, well into the new year, because we are back with you every single Wednesday we release an episode of the Euro Trip. Uh, you'll get your usual episodes back in the new year, but between now and then, we've got two very festive specials. Two incredibly exciting episodes that we have got for you over the next couple of weeks. The first of which will be with you on Wednesday this week. So depending on when you're listening to this, that is Wednesday the 22nd of December. And then we have another very exciting one coming the following week, which is going to be out on December the 29th. So the perfect listening between Christmas and New Year and they are proper feature length interviews with some incredibly interesting people who have got all sorts of brilliant things to say that you will want to hear about and will be revealing who is joining us on social media very very soon. Yes we will so stay across our Twitter and Instagram at Eurotrip Podcast on those channels Uh, that's how you can get in touch with us as well if you've got any messages or questions you want to send and also the email hello at eurotrippodcast.com if you want to get in touch there but that is the end of Almost Live from Paris for us but don't you forget we will be back with you on Wednesday for our very first festive special of 2021 so in the meantime don't forget to subscribe leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. From me, Rob, it's a huge thanks to everybody who's joined us over the last few days, and it's au revoir. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.